0: Call. Claim. Command. Near the beginning of the first lockdown, I met a wise woman. I'd met her before in a different guise, but I didn't recognise how wise she was. She's the landlady of my business. Sign this, she said. I did. As if by magic, a few days later, my business got support sufficient to get us through the first year of COVID-19. My landlady had the knowledge and a plan both of which I was totally ignorant of. This teaches me a lot. What would you learn from it? Out there is a lot of help waiting for you. Whether you're legally entitled to it or whether it's gracious provision, it's there, inert, until you act. Hence this message call, claim, command. Potential and performance are worlds apart sometimes. I'm going to take a Christian viewpoint, but if you don't share my faith, the principles will work well for you in business too. You'll have to spin the message into a humanistic framework. Call. It's a bit like Ghostbusters. When there's something wrong in your neighbourhood, who are you going to call? My good lady and I are under legal requirement to isolate for 10 days. If we go out, even for food and essentials, we can be fined. How blessed are we, then, to have good neighbours who are more than willing to help? Solomon, King Solomon, was wise. He gathered proverbs, including this one, Don't forsake your friend, and your father's friend. Don't go to your brother's house in the day of your disaster. A neighbour who is near is better than a distant brother. And that's from the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 10. For the practising Christian, And discipleship takes a lot of practice. We must call upon Yahweh first and foremost. And you might be saying, who's Yahweh? It's the proper name for God. Usually translated in the scriptures as Lord, call upon the Lord. But um, in England, we have something called the House of Lords, where there are some people who are amazing examples to our uh, populace and some who aren't. So Lord, in some ways, has lost its reverence. So let's use God's proper name, which is the, uh, the four letters, transliterated in English to YHWH, and usually pronounced today as Yahweh. When Peter looked to Jesus, the equivalent of calling upon Yahweh, he was able to defy gravity and walk on the water just as Jesus could. When Peter's attention drifted to the waves and to the wind, his performance became like the rest of ours. He sank beneath the circumstances, as the cliché too often goes. How are you? I'm fine under the circumstances. You and I should not be under the circumstances. You and I should not walk like mere men. You and I should have understanding, and in understanding, be men. Whether you believe the biblical narrative or not, here's the truth. Faith follows focus. Faith follows focus. Peter looks to Jesus, he enjoys faith. Peter looks to the waves and the wind, and he experiences fear. Fear and faith follow focus. Or if you wish to get a bit more psychological, performance follows perception. Your patterns of thinking drive your performance. Change your patterns of thinking, you change your performance. Your potential remains the same. If your performance is to match your potential, then you must run the right patterns of thinking through your mind. If you're listening to the world media at the moment, in most countries around the world, you will be immersed in an era of overclocked fear, error E R A, but also error E R R O R. COVID 19 is real, it's a killer. But to focus on it, until fear follows focus, is to do the world a disservice and to damage our natural immune response. Faith is a far better catalyst for a good, strong immune response. Even if you were to believe in the vaccine rather than God, that is better for you than to listen to the fear, 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 fear that the media is using to keep us compliant. Thanks to advances in science, Penny and I will survive, and we may even end up stronger, more immune. But several of my friends and connections have died. I have lost friends, family, connections. This is real, folks. How we focus on it is therefore more important than ever. If you are a practicing Christian, it's now a matter of life or death that you learn to consider Jesus, as it says in Hebrews. This means to focus on him even in the midst of the worst of circumstances. When the storm comes, when the waves and the wind are against us, we need to be over the circumstances, considering Jesus walking on the waves. I took enormous comfort from the Good News Translation, today's English version, of a very famous psalm, the Shepherd Psalm, Psalm 23. It does say in the version, The Lord is my shepherd, but I've looked it up in Hebrew, it's Yahweh, so I'm going to say Yahweh. Yahweh is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in fields of green grass and leads me to quiet pools of fresh water. He gives me new strength. He guides me in the right paths, as he has promised. Even if I go through the deepest darkness, I will not be afraid, Yahweh, for you are with me. Your shepherd's rod and staff protect me. You prepare a banquet for me, where all my enemies can see me. You welcome me as an honoured guest, and fill my cup to the brim. I know that your goodness and love will be with me all my life, and your house will be my home as long as I live. Isn't that a wonderful version of that psalm? The first line say it all for me, Yahweh. Is my shepherd, I have everything I need. This is the ultimate example of who, not how. We do not know how we are going to solve the many challenges we face, but it doesn't matter, because we are in the hands of the ultimate who. Look to Jesus must be our call to action. Let's explore this further using an Olympic metaphor. Will it make the boat go faster? This was the renewed focus of the British Olympic rowing squad. It drastically changed their performance, not their potential. It brought their performance into alignment with their existing potential. When it came to making a choice, each member would ask themselves, will this make the boat go faster? If the answer was no, they chose life for the dream instead. For example, if they had an opportunity to go out and enjoy a really nice party, They would ask themselves, will this make the boat go faster? And the answer is no, so they wouldn't go to the party while they were training for the Olympics. The results, cumulatively, were outstanding. The team became world leaders when it came to Olympic rowing. You have always had potential. I don't think that's going to increase or diminish. Performance is the issue. Potential is like God's plan for your life, which is a really good plan. The issue is, will you get with the plan? We have our own will-this-make-the-boat-go-faster filter. It is, what does the Word say? If our daily choices are out of alignment with the Word, they are out of alignment with God's plan, with His will, and the decision needs to be made in line with the Word, His will, His plan. Some would see this as extreme fundamentalism. They may be right. However, I am reminded of the ancient liar's first and abiding challenge in the Garden of Eden when the serpent said, Did God say? The devil is defeated, but he has no future hope. What else can he do but make life hell for as many people as he can in what little time he's got left? Wouldn't you do the same? For many Christians, Did God say? has become a badge of honour. They spin the scriptures to justify coming into alignment with the patterns, fashions, models of this age, perhaps forgetting what it says in the letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this age, but be being transformed, metamorphosed, by the making new of your mind, the renewing of your mind. If you and I are to perform well, we must have a call to action as strong as will it make the boat go faster. I suggest what does the Bible say is a great place to start. Make it a non-negotiable. Now let's talk about warriors, not lingerie models. The warrior, Saint Paul, did not say, put on the white robe of righteousness. White robes are for the victorious when we get to heaven. They are not for now. Now we are to put on the armour of God, the full armour of God. Why? So that we can stand firm against the devil. And if you're going, I don't believe in the devil, so we can stand firm against evil. There's plenty of evil in the world. Every piece, every single piece is needed for victory. The belt of truth, we are to speak the truth of the word in love. The breastplate of righteousness, protecting our heart from out of which flow the forces of life, the issues of life, the rivers of life. Feet, agile, prepared, ready to share the good news of peace. The shield of faith with which we can extinguish every fiery dart of the evil one. That means not a single flaming arrow needs to get through. The helmet of salvation, guarding our thoughts, our mind, our will, our emotions the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and praying in the Spirit on all occasions. Some of us have so blunted our swords that we would really need to remove most of Paul's epistles from the canon of scripture. St. Paul is not fashionable. St. Paul is not cool. Far from it. But St. Paul wrote the word of God. Let's just think about sainthood to knighthood for a moment. The ideal of chivalry is a useful one for the modern Christian, particularly modern Christian men who seem to have lost their way a bit. It's a system of spiritual, moral and social codes. My own simple version is threefold, firstly, the creation and appreciation of beauty as part of our devotion and worship of God. Secondly, the pursuit of adventure, a passion for life lived to the full. Thirdly, the commitment to fight the good fight for causes that are right. If you don't believe in the devil, there are evils aplenty for you to fight. Poverty, slavery, tens of thousands of people are in slavery in, yes, the United Kingdom. I couldn't believe it till I saw the research. Homelessness, hunger, loneliness, isolation, Cruelty, both to people and animals. Sickness and disease. Injustice. There's much that we can do. As knights, a chivalrous people. This then is not the time to rest. No, not yet. You'll get your white robe later. Until now, get on your armour. Well, it's call claim command. Let's have a look at claim. And it's not as long as the call. The funds the government provided to my business to help me through year one of COVID were there for the asking. I didn't know about them, so I would have missed out. I needed to understand what I could claim, and I needed to take action. Your faith is exactly the same. Consider well the fact that my landlady couldn't take the action for me. She could point me in the right direction, like the scriptures point us in the right direction. She couldn't take action the action. No one can live your Christian life for you. She even printed out the forms to sign, but she couldn't claim what was mine. All Christians have birthrights. All Christians have access to blessings of a better covenant than the one sealed through the blood of bulls, goats and sheep. Most Christians spend their prayer lives waiting for their landlady in heaven to do something. Well, I can tell you, our landlady, if I may call God our landlady in heaven, has printed out the documents for us and signed them in blood. The work has been done. Let's rejoice that our eternal landlord, we call him, has done what needs to be done, everything that needs to be done. Yahweh is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Now it is time for us, for you and for me, to seize our birthright, to claim the rights of the covenant. The breakthrough begins with insight into the information given. What world faith has the riches we have? We have easy access in the West to his great and precious promises. How sad, then, that I'd often prefer to watch Netflix, that's the truth. Well, what results am I going to get if I watch Netflix instead of reading the word? Will it make the boat go faster? It certainly won't. What's happened to our passion What happened to my passion? Well, being ill has helped. Losing friends has helped enormously in the most horrible way. Beauty comes of all things, eventually. It most certainly doesn't feel like this is the truth, but I'm going to um, provide in the notes a link to the most wonderful TED Talk which may elevate your spirit and convince you that beauty comes of all things, eventually because we're in the hands of the great beautifier, Yahweh, our shepherd. This also helps my understanding of why God has failed me. My faith was in Psalm 91. Immunity from sickness and disease, it promises. Not only did I catch COVID-19, I also fell down the stairs. Because Psalm 91 talks about angels lifting you up so you don't dash your feet. No angels lifting me up. No protection from the plague. What went wrong? I did, not God, not his word, not his promises. Let's explain it. If I had not received help from the government those couple of years ago, whose responsibility would that have been? Mine. We must learn how to claim correctly. Psalm 91 does not offer blanket protection. It offers a place of protection for those of us Who have discovered the location of a secret? Here's verse one: He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I can honestly say I don't yet know that place. Ergo, the rest of the psalm lies in the realm of potential, not performance. Of course, I'm looking. It's my quest as a knight. God has specifically hidden many of the blessings so that they are only accessible to those who make an effort, who diligently seek him. He is a jealous God. He wants us to seek him with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength, with all our might. If it comes to God or Netflix, God wants to win. The West pedals a soft form of Christianity that delivers soft results. Warm, fuzzy Christianity delivers warm, fuzzy results. But the New Testament, like the Old Testament, is a lot harder when you look at it properly. It's gritty. It's a warrior document. I'll let you know how I get on with the quest to find the secret place of the Most High and the shadow of El Shaddai, the All-Sufficient One. Let's finish with command. In the meantime, learn where to point your sword. The sword of the Spirit is an offensive weapon. Point the pointy end at your adverse circumstances and command them to change. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Jesus spoke to sickness and disease and fever. Jesus would speak to COVID. Jesus spoke to demons. Yeah, I know we don't believe in those either, do we? Jesus said to speak to the mountain. Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves. Jesus spoke to the devil and pointed the pointy bit of his sword at the enemy. It is written, let us go and do likewise. Sometimes we're praying to God when we should be saying to the circumstances. Oh, there's much to learn, my friends. But when we do learn to call, to claim, and to command miracles, may follow.